Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Big, big, big week in college football, guys. Early signing day. You've probably heard some of the big stories from this week, including Travis Hunter, the number one overall recruit in the country. His big flip, um, uh, you know, Alabama, Texas A&M, Georgia, the usual suspects continuing to load up. Uh, we're not going to talk about some of the, the you know, the, the more general stories, guys. We're going to talk tonight a lot about just some of these individual freshmen, though. Um, you know, it's getting that time of year. We have people DMing us, asking us uh, uh, for rankings, for, for information on some of these guys. We've been doing some freshman profiles. Tonight's the night. We're finally going to start unleashing some of this stuff. Um, and there is a ton of it on the YouTube page as well. We did a whole series this week, guys, Getting the Getting to Know series. We're still releasing a few of them. We've got about 30 videos up there, just some of the bigger names in the class, guys that you want to get to know early, and then our early thoughts on them, thoughts on the depth chart, et cetera. Five to seven minutes, quick hitters. Go check all of those out and subscribe over there on YouTube. Colin, you did a few of those, right? You did, some, you did Weigman. Um, someone told you how dumb you were with your pronunciations. It's, yeah, it's um, Wigman. It's Wigman. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I did Wigman. Um, I did Evan Stewart, Branson Robinson. Uh, I'll have a couple more here dropping this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got some more in the pipeline, guys. Um, so, yeah, go check all of those out. Let us know for if, if you've watched any of these guys and your thoughts on them in the comments. Um, and as long as you aren't rude, we will probably say something back. Um, or just horribly misinformed because that I can't do that one. I don't deal well with that either. Um, yeah, you were just saying pre-show. <laughs> Matt Matt Bruning might might respond to you not, and be nice, but I can't uh, I can't do it unfortunately. And he's the other guy that's done a lot of these videos. Um, so yeah, go check all those guys out. Um, bowl games, guys. We're gonna do some bowl game picks tonight. We we have the first week in the books. Um, we'll we are keeping track of that so we'll, we'll we'll revisit what the score is there one of us had a pretty good week and one of us uh maybe not so much um i love no how whenever no. you say something like that people can always tell who you're talking about just by the way you frame it wait who do you think did who do you think did well this week Colin? well we'll get we'll get into it later but i i just want to know i want what do you what do you mean by that well i think doing well is is a subjective term you know like i had a lot of fun and you know, that counts. For <laughs> well, now they know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I can't give you too much of a hard time, Colin. You really you bailed me out last week. You did a solo Canton bound. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that, go ahead and go do that. Colin uh, broke down some of the big movers in, in our uh, our website rankings this week, which was uh, a good show. Um, so so go check that one out. All right, Colin, let's hop right into this. This podcast is a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, the Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, the Dynasty Vipers Smoke Show, and Trip Play Fantasy Podcast, along with the Fantasy Points Podcast itself. You can follow all of them on Twitter in one place at Fantasy Points Live, or check out their Friday drops that recap the week in the entire Fantasy Points media group. And actually, before we kick off here, Colin, I do want to say one other thing, because I know people, once you get to the end of the show, people cut out and don't listen. We are taking uh, the next week off, guys, with the holiday, just, just too much traveling, too much family stuff. 
uh, et cetera. So we will apologize ahead of time. Uh, if you're looking for more content from us, go check out that YouTube page. That's a perfect time to go listen, go watch all of those shows. But we are taking Canton Bound off this week and Campus Life next week. So we apologize. We'll be back um, you know, with one more episode this year. And then we're looking forward to getting back into it in 2022. Yeah, if you're if you're missing the sound of your uh, your friendly podcasters Austin and Colin over the holidays, that's that's a good time to go check out the uh, check out the YouTube page. Yeah. Click on my videos, click on his videos. No need to click on Matt's. Yeah, I'm asking Quinshawn Judkins. Ooh, oh wait, you're gonna talk about him in a little bit. Okay, I won't. Uh... Spoilers. You know, that's just you know. I well, you said that everyone can tell what I'm talking to you about, no matter what. Anyway, so you know. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, we are going to do a few headlines here before we get into early signing day, though, guys. Um, a, a few big names still moving, still still out there in the portal. Um, none bigger than Bo Nix, which is really weird to say, but it's like a bunch of low, low profile guys. Uh, Bo Nix uh, announced uh, last week he was leaving Auburn, getting out of there, has already decided he is going to Oregon. Colin, do you like this move? Uh, for Bo Nix and for Oregon. No, I hate this for everybody involved, um, but especially Ty Thompson. So, I mean, I think Bo Nix, sure, if you want a fresh start, whatever, but I don't really think Oregon is going to be that much better of a situation than what Auburn was. Um, you know, we still don't know who their OC is. So, you know, he's committing to a, a team where he doesn't know the OC. The only thing he knows is that, um, you know, he wouldn't have had to face Dan Lanning in, in Georgia. Um, and now he goes over there and plays his, he goes over and joins his team. Um, I, I don't really love it for Bo Nix. I think maybe he'll be fine as a fantasy quarterback. But I think the days of ever thinking he's going to be um, a significant uh, player at the next level are probably gone. Uh, Oregon feels like, you know, maybe they probably should have just rolled with Ty Thompson and saw what they had because they didn't last year. But new coaching staff, so I guess, you know, they're not the ones who brought Ty Thompson in. So I get wanting to bring somebody else in and compete with him. You know, Dan Lanning's bringing in Bo Nix, somebody that he at least knows, you know, from watching him at Georgia, although you think that would, or from watching him when he was at Georgia, but you think that would probably discourage him from bringing Bo Nix in. But overall, I pretty much hate it for everybody. Yeah, I'm assuming that that he just kind of let is letting uh, their their new offensive coordinator there at Oregon call this particular shot. Um, uh, Dillingham, he was at or Auburn with Bo Nix in what 2019, I want to say, was one of the offensive coaches there. Um, so, sure, I mean, I had this. We, I was talking about this a little bit yesterday on Twitter with somebody. How bad it must Ty Thompson and those guys be? Like, you know, they probably talked to some of the guys that were on that coaching staff ahead of time. Like, they wouldn't give any of them a shot at all last season, even when Anthony Brown was terrible and they were getting lit up. And now they're bringing in a guy that has already... And I actually, like, don't... Like, Bo Nix isn't an NFL quarterback. But I think if you put him in the right situation and kind of say, don't screw up, I think he'd be okay. You got to have a considerable amount of talent around him, but that's why I thought Ole Miss was a great spot for him. I thought he could go yeah. there. Not that they're loaded by any stretch of the imagination, but it's an offense that that uh, they can probably be pretty flexible with him. They could probably run something very similar that they ran with Matt Corral last year, because um, they are similar players. I mean, 
obviously quality wise is way different, but <laughs> stylistically they're not that different. So I, I, I don't know. Like it, it makes me wonder. Yeah, like just you know, have the other quarterbacks that were there there just been terrible? Is this you know truly just kind of one of those tryout ones, and he might not get the job anyway? That which would be a weird move for Bo Nix. It's there's a lot of questions here that I think are still unanswered. Yeah, I agree, and I don't know the answer to, to you know whether Ty Thompson was was good last year or not. Um, but I, you know, I hate this move for him. He's definitely he has to fall in in the ranks because it seems like he's going to to stick around there, based on what he tweeted like immediately after. Bo Nix was like announced that he was going there. He tweeted 10 toes down and then the duck emoji. So I'm assuming it means he's staying. Uh, And if he does, then that's, yeah, that's obviously not good for him. I don't know what the kids are talking about these days. That means nothing to me. Um, Speaking of cast off quarterbacks heading to the Pacific Northwest, how about Michael Penix leaving Indiana there again, reuniting with a former offensive coach there and Kalen DeBoer, who is going to be the new, um, uh, Wait, is he heading to Washington? Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Yeah. Okay. I, my brain just went like, I was like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, Going to compete there with Sam Heward, probably uh, Dylan Morris, I think is still has eligibility and stuff, but I think he's done there. I'd be shocked if he ever started another game. I don't know. This is interesting. Um, Do you think Penix has a shot at that job? Like a real, you know, more than 20% chance at that job or. Yeah, I think, you know, I'd give him a I'd give him a 30, 33% chance to win that one. Um, just because he's familiar with DeBoer's system and he is talented. It's just really, you know, he'll probably play like two games, and then get hurt. Honestly, it's probably what it comes down to. Um, he just can't really seem to stay healthy. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a shot that he wins it, although I, I would still put the betting money on Heward. I think I would. I mean, I I do think we have to be careful. Like, I think there is always an assumption to be made that this guy is, uh, this upperclassman is transferring to the school. Potentially, they know the staff there. Potentially not. That means that they probably got some assurances that they're going to be the guy there. I think we need to be careful on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were several instances of that last offseason that were turned out to not be true, not correct. So. I don't want to, you know, I think people are saying, well, he's going to back to his offense coordinator and they're going to link back up. Those were Penix's best years. I, I don't think it's as like as sure as people want it to be. Like this is totally a career, a career reclamation move for Penix. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. cause you know, he's kind of done there at Indiana and it's one of those, well, I still want to make it to the NFL. I'll go to Washington. If I don't get the job there, this wasn't going to happen anyway. You know, like I, the NFL was never going to come calling. So it's it's kind of his last chance, last gasp at that particular dream. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, like I said, you know, and you touched on it. You know, there's some instances where the veteran coming in wasn't, you know, he they played like a game or two and then they just weren't the answer. And I think that's very much what could happen, even if even if Penix does win this job starting out. I don't. I don't think he's like you said, I don't think he's long for the NFL. He has a hard time staying healthy. And I just think Sam Heward's better. Uh, here's an interesting one calling Casey Thompson uh, leaving Texas. If I had to put money on one of those two Texas quarterbacks to stay, it would have been on Casey Thompson. It would not have been a Hudson card with, with cards pedigree with his tools. I think he would have thought more highly of himself 
not that I'm saying Casey Thompson thinks he's a you know, thinks of himself as a <laughs> bum or anything, but uh, those guys, you know, tend to tend to move a little more willingly. Thompson was basic. I mean, he was played out of necessity last year. You could tell Stark honestly didn't really want to play any of them by the end of the year, but didn't really have another choice. Um, he does not possess great tools. He could potentially go to an offense where the the court, the whoever the offense coordinator, the head coaches, is, isn't asking you to push the ball downfield consistently. Um, and I, 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 is there a good spot for him? I, I don't really know where I would want to send him. Um, yeah, I'm not really interested in him. Pretty much wherever he goes, I wasn't really that interested in him in te- him in at Texas. We know. We know. <laughs> I think he's like you said. I think he's just very limited. Um, you know, he's a he's a gamer. You know, he he battled at times throughout the year, so good for him. But I'm not really that interested unless he goes to like one of the Mac schools, then maybe. But I don't think he's going to go that far down. I don't think so either. I don't know. I mean, but uh, he, you know, he he honestly on the depth chart by the time opening day rolled around would be behind uh, Ewers 100. percent I think he'd probably have been in front of Malik Murphy just because Malik Murphy is one of the biggest project QBs I can ever remember being ranked highly. And I that's like I, I see the tools there and stuff with him. I, I get why he's highly ranked, but he's I, I am like the biggest advocate for quarterbacks not sitting for more than one year. And that dude needs to sit for two. <laughs> like he, he really, really does um, if he wants to eventually develop into something. So, I mean, it, Casey Thompson would have probably been the backup there for whatever that's worth. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where he ends up. Dylan Gabriel to UCLA, Colin. Uh, it's kind of an afterthought story, but I think he could do some fantasy things um, with Chip Kelly there at UCLA. It sounds like he's probably not leaving at this point. Uh, that All the jobs are kind of filled. Yeah, it sounds like Chip Kelly's going to stay. Um, you know, there were rumors about him back to Oregon, but I don't think that necessarily ever really made that much sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he sounds like he's going to stick in UCLA. I think Dylan Gabriel is a talented quarterback. I think he could definitely put up some fantasy numbers. I don't think you're obviously not going to see him put up the same numbers that he did at UCF uh, with Hypo just because of the difference in offense style. But I still think he can be useful for your fantasy team. And this isn't, this is technically a step up from UCF to UCLA. Um, I don't think it's a huge step up. I actually would have liked to see him go to Ole Miss or somewhere else, but I still think he's going to be fine here. And then, you know, he didn't hurt his draft capital by, by going there. I think if anything, it'll just kind of stay where it's at. He's probably looking at like a second round guy. I don't think he's a second round guy. You think a lot more of his arm than I do. I, I know that for sure, right? Well, We've kind of had that discussion before. Do you think it's better or worse than Trask? Comparable. Okay, Trask went in the second. Trask played at Florida. Eh. I think that means something. Like that, that stuff just means something. Like I, I get in this argument with people all the time. Like you know, this dude has Bama beside his name. He's going to go top one hundred, even if he doesn't deserve it. It's just the perks of having LSU or Florida or Alabama. Or Clemson after your name. That's just what happens. I, I'm I'm not saying that they're going to go first overall or anything, but it it weighs heavily into evaluations for some of these NFL teams. Should it? No, but <laughs> especially and, if uh, especially for the Vegas Raiders with Mike Mayock, isn't there a stat yeah. like he only takes people from like Clemson, t- Alabama? <laughs> yeah, he takes Georgia. a ridiculous amount of power program guys. Yeah, it's working out very very well for them. Um, they did win here tonight though, right? I think. I don't know. I stopped watching that game. It was just terrible. 
this Minnesota game is terrible too. That's yeah, I think that yeah, they did. They drove down the field at the very end, kicked a field this goal. Is like 16 14. This is most embarrassing football I can ever remember watching. Some honorable mentions, guys. Some names that we don't know have a new landing spot and have been hot names at one time or the other. Uh, Darren Turner. Uh, I believe he was a four-star kid and two two classes ago, went to Arkansas, never really caught on there, leaving Ar- leaving there. I'd be interested to see where he ends up. Could be a guy that, you know, if he goes to Arkansas State or, you know, like one of those teams that's kind of around that area that, that, that kind of funnels toward one guy could be an interesting name. Uh, Kevin Mensa, Colin, from UConn, uh, one of UConn's all-time leading rushers there. Um, I think he's going to get some offers. I don't know where mm-hmm. he'll end up. Do you have any spaces for him <laughs> that come to mind really quick? Um, not really, but I do think he could go power five. Um, you know, I definitely think that that's, that's in the cards for him. Maybe he stays up in the, in the Northeast there, maybe like a Boston college. Oh yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting. They, they could, I mean, they have Garwo and, and some other guys there, but no one that's, you know, amazing. Uh, Keenan Kristen leaving USC uh, track star, never really, caught on there i I don't even know like where he's gonna land i think because he still wants to run track too so i'm sure that will run that will figure heavily into whatever decision he makes yeah for sure the poor man's devon a chain very poor (laughs) doesn't even have two pennies to rub together um all right early signing day the big topic let's spend some time talking about this here colin uh i i've i've picked out some categories for us to discuss here just so we're not you know randomly throwing out names and and teams and and all of that kind of stuff um so let's start off with some of our favorite player team matches in the class it doesn't have to be a high rated guy it doesn't have to be a low rated guy just players that you think are going to a place uh where the offense can really really work with their skill set um yeah the first one i have here is taven jackson going quarterback going to tennessee I just I think that's a that's a great fit for him. I think he's going to be perfect in Hypel's system. Um, you know, he's he's mobile, he's elusive in the pocket. You know, he can move around, he can move move the pocket with him too. You can do some off-script stuff. Um, and he gets the ball out quickly, you know. He he has a nice arm. Um, he doesn't throw he didn't throw like a ton of plat passes. Um, you know, if you can kind of compare it to some of the other guys in the class. Um, only 175 and 182 attempts uh, in the past two years. So lower volume, but yeah, you know, I, I think he was pretty accurate there too. And and like I said, he gets the ball out quick on schedule. I think he can be uh, a, a nice replacement for Hendon Hooker. I think that's like the first note that I wrote when I watched him roughly six or six or so months ago at this point. I, I just said, this guy is like the perfect, uh, he's got a better arm than Dylan Gabriel who we thought was like, you know, a, a guy that could really run his offense at a high level. I think he has a much better arm. I think he's much more mobile. But he also kind of thrives in that West Coasty style, you know, quick hit, can push the ball if he needs to. I, I really, really think he's perfect there. I, I you know, he'll he'll sit this year, like you said, behind Hooker. Uh Harrison Bailey's out of there. I think Milton. he needed to sit too. Probably. I, I it would have been interesting to see what they would have done if hooker left and their other choice was joe milton like would they have hit the, tried to hit the portal uh, what would they would have, what would they have done there i i don't really know um maybe they go get dylan gabriel then 
That would have been yeah, that actually probably would have been a pretty good spot for him. I could have seen that happening. I don't know if Dylan Gabriel, uh, who's from Hawaii, wants to <laughs> go from, you know, he's his landing spots have been Florida or LA, and he wouldn't necessarily consider um Tennessee, but who who knows? Not saying it's bad or good, it's just very different, different than, than what he's probably accustomed to living in. Um, I we actually th- th- we chose three quarterbacks in this category. I think you know that's one that it's easier to see if the match is there uh, or not. I, I really really like Nate Johnson. He's going to Utah. He's quarterback. He was at the Elite Eleven. Uh, did decently well there. Um, I like this kid. Just is the perfect modern quarterback. Um, he's really really athletic. He's got a, a cannon of an arm, but he's also like a, a fairly developed passer. I mean, he's not DTR who couldn't hit the broadside of the barn to save his family's life. I, I think he's he's one of the better athletes in the class. And I, I think that he can his ball placement is pretty decent. Um, you know, it, his completion percentage as a junior was 50 percent. His completion percentage as a senior was 62 percent. He's made huge strides uh, in that regard. Utah always has a, a mobile quarterback there. I think this kid can be a uh, well Tyler Huntley. Like I think he can be that level of a player there for them. He's not going to start this year. I don't know what Cameron Rising's deal is going to be. He has two years left if he wants it. Um, but I like I think he's significantly better than Castelli was last year, um, and I think that he's I like I it's just a match made in heaven there. I, I really really think so. Yeah, I think uh, I like that matchup there as well. Um, I, I think that's the reason why you saw Castelli leave. And I liked Castelli last year. I think Castelli would have been a good fit at Utah, but I think Nate Johnson's just a little bit better. So obviously Castelli probably recognizes that too and dips. Uh, and then, like you said, Rising has two years left. I don't know if he's going to take both of them. Does, but he I get, see- does he get NFL buzz though ever? Probably I would not. I would be really surprised. I don't think he's going to be in a rush to get out of there unless he wants to, you know, go sell insurance or whatever he's going to do and start making some money. Like I don't want to make I don't know what he his majors or what he's going to do, but I I don't think he would be in a hurry to get out of there. No, I don't think so either, but I could honestly even see Nate Johnson beating him out in year 2 maybe. He could. Yeah. I mean, that offense it's not a coincidence that offense was terrible and then Cameron Rising came in and it was one of the better offenses in the country. Uh, Tavian Thomas also has something to do with that. Um, so I, like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to push him out the door and I don't know what he's going to want to do. Um, so I think that probably should, should be reflected in Nate Johnson's value a little bit. Um, but a very, very good player. Nonetheless, you have another quarterback here that you stole from me. So <laughs> yeah, uh, another, another quarterback on the list here, Caleb Johnson going to Louisville. He is signed there. He's the quarterback number 40 in the class. So pretty far down the list. Um, and Louisville by far the best offer he had, you know, their offer from Kansas, interestingly enough, an offer from Columbia. That one actually interested me there. Good for him. Yeah. But um, I, I think he's a ready-made replacement for Malik Cunningham. Uh, I think he, they have very, very similar skill set. Caleb Johnson's very dynamic. I think he's got a, a big arm there as well. Uh, I think he'll just step in pretty seamlessly after next year for Malik Cunningham. And I think he could be a dynamic fantasy asset. I don't know if I necessarily ever see him being much of an NFL asset. He would have to do some pretty significant development, but you know, maybe 
And even either way, you're not going to have to spend that early of a pick on him to get a guy who I think could be a, a high end fantasy player. Uh, people are, are starting to hype Malik Cunningham for whatever reason. So, I mean, yeah, you're gonna gonna be the follow up there. You can see him getting some buzz someday, for sure. Um, Ramon Brown is my second guy here. I, I really really like him. Um, RB19 in the composite. RB23 at 24-7, 5-11-202, was committed to Virginia Tech up until the day before signing day or maybe the day prior to that. Um, they got a new head coach. I don't know what the head coach is doing, but like everybody's leaving. It's a guy from Penn State, right, Brent Pry? At Virginia Tech, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know what the heck he's doing, uh, but he is scared away like that entire class. Um, I thought he would be a perfect fit there. I really did. I mean, I don't know. I know they have some other guys there uh, that I liked at running back, but this, I mean, this kid is very, very good. Uh, switch to Maryland. He's going to go there now. I think Maryland is a great spot for him too because I think he can play relatively quickly there. I don't want to say right away, but uh, I mean, this kid for his size, I think he has amazing movement skills. I think he's got the perfect build for a running back there. He can get up to 215 easily and not really lose that much. I, I think he has some wiggle in the open field. I, he has really soft hands. I think he has a three-down skill set. Um, I like. I, I just really, really like his his game all around. Maryland. They lost Pen, they, Penny Boone. Transferred out. He's going to Toledo. Toledo, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I wanted to say Toledo or Akron. It's one of the Ohio ones. I think it's Toledo. That sounds right to me. Um, and I think they lose. Oh, who was their starter this year for most? Kobach. No, not Toledo, uh, Maryland. Oh, Maryland. I talked about him on the show. Oh, Fleet Davis. Yeah, so I, I don't th- know that he's going to hang around anymore. Like, I think Ramon Brown can go in there and take that job by, like, week four, week five. He's a guy that I think is really underrated. I have him as my RB10 right now, I think. Hmm. I think I'm going to end up with a lot of him on rosters um, just because I, 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 it's a really nice match. So, um, yeah, yeah, I like him. Any other just names you want to toss out, Colin? Honorable mentions? Um, honorable mentions. I mean, I like, uh, you know, some guys that we'll get into a little bit later here. You know, this is not the the end of our early signing day topics. But I really like Nicholas Singleton matching up with Penn State there. They really needed a dynamic running back. They needed some athleticism at the position, and I think he's going to bring that. Uh, I, I like that a lot. Um I think I like Shaz Preston going to Alabama instead of uh, LSU. I mean, if those are the two options on the table, I think I like Preston better at, at Alabama just because they don't really have anybody necessarily that fits his skill set like that they just brought in. So I think that that, that bodes well for him. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have some other guys here too. And again, without, I know we're going to talk about some of these guys later. I really like Cartavius Norton, uh, a kid that's going, a running back going to uh, Iowa State out of, Florida. Uh, it's really funny. I, I was watching him and I was like, you know, I'm not comping him directly or anything, but I was like, stylistically, this dude is like, is Brees Hall, like one cut, like does better on some stretch stuff, north south type runner, very similarly sized. I don't think he's quite like, I think he's even a little bit slower than Brees Hall and Brees Hall, you know, people question that, whether that's correct or not. Um, really, really physical kid. So I'd like, I think he's, he's going to a really good spot there at Iowa state. I think Justin Williams to Tennessee is a really good one. He's a running back, uh, in the mid twenties in the composite. He's my RB 22. 
Um, I, I think he's got some nice size, can replace Tyon Evans as kind of their thumper, um, and some other names as well. I, mean, I could sit here all day and probably list. You know, <laughs> I've got I, know, I have like 160 guys or 170 guys graded or something. So I mean, I could sit here and list names all day. We won't do that. Um, let's talk about some of our favorite classes, though, Colin. Just as a whole, um, you like Texas A&M. They're the number one class, but it doesn't necessarily always mean you know they. It's a lot of skill guys or that we like those skill guys but you are a fan of what they're bringing in yeah i mean like you said they're the number one class in the country right now um they they brought in a lot of high-end guys but just speaking more from like a skill position um standpoint i, I like texas a&m's i like the guys that they're bringing in i, I like connor wigman uh, evan stewart Le'Veon moss i think just purely on talent those guys would be uh, all three are top five players in the class for me at their respective position but oh, they bring in um, uh, Jake Johnson too, the number one tight end. Um, you know, I haven't watched too many tight ends, but I watched is him. Is he I the number he, one tight end? I think so. I would have thought Jaleel Skinner is. Um, yeah, twenty four seven has him listed as the number one tight end in his position. Woof. Woof. Um, <laughs> but they they bring in the number one tight end at their position. They bring in. Uh, Another guy who's pretty highly rated is the number seven wide receiver, Chris Marshall. I don't necessarily love Marshall. I think he's more athlete right now than wide receiver, and I think he's going to need some development there. But, you know, it's at least they brought in a top 10 guy, and he's very different than uh, Evan Stewart is. So, you know, you're not bringing in carbon copies like Clemson does. Um, yeah, just overall, I, I really like the class. Now, the the biggest question for me is, you know, they got all that talent there. Now, can Dabo actually develop it? Or not Dabo, Jimbo. Um, can Jimbo actually develop it? I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I actually, a lot of the guys there are just hard fades for me. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do with Wigman there when they also have Haynes King and Max Johnson? Yeah. What am I supposed to do with Evan Stewart when Jimbo is literally in 20? Jimbo was an offense coordinator before he was head coach, guys. For people that don't know, he was at LSU, got pried away to Florida State. Uh, and then being was the head coach and waiting took over that job and and you know here we are today. Literally the only wide receiver that he produced there that was worth a shit was Dwayne Bell. Devery Henderson is the second best NFL wide receiver that he had at LSU. Best wide receiver he had at F at Florida State is Kelvin Benjamin. And then the second best, like I don't even know. He just um who's the one has, who moved to he was on the Bengals. Uh the Auden Tate. Yeah. Was he was like, he there for Tate? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think he was. Okay. I mean, he just doesn't produce any. He doesn't do anything. He develops running backs fine. So I mean, I don't feel that bad about Moss, even though that whole like L.J. Johnson and Achain and some of these guys to compete with, it, it, he's not going to play anytime soon. I, I actually really don't like Texas A&M's class very much. So this, this, this is really interesting. And Max Johnson is like just very meh. Yeah, like I. Not I, I don't even want to. He's going to go pretty early in drafts. I'm not even going to touch him in drafts. I have zero interest in this kid at all. He's just vanilla as vanilla gets. Yeah, I like I said, I like the players individually in their class. Like Moss, Stewart, and Wigman, respectively, would be top five just based on talent. Uh, once you factor in like the landing spot, um, at Wigman and I mean they'll stay inside my top ten, but they're going to fall. They're going to fall a couple spots. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested. Like, I, I like Wigman. I, he's my QB five. Um, 
that's not like that's not including if you if you put back in um, uh, Quinn Ewers, who I know some people right, right. Uh, have added him back in there. He, but I mean, I doubt he ever starts a game there because yeah. again, he's going to have to sit at least two years. And I, these high level kids should never ever ever do that in a billion years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'll go Penn State since they're the fifth or sixth class. They might they might have dropped a spot. Uh, but certainly one of the higher rated ones uh, here. They have, like you said, a top five guy at every position. I and mean, Penn State's pretty close for me. Um, you know, Drew Aller is my QB one uh, overall, just on guys that are coming in this year. Uh, Nicholas Singleton has moved up. He's my RB two in the class. Um, Caden Saunders is, is like my wide receiver eight or something. He's close to my top five. Uh, they don't have a tight end that I particularly care about this year, but th- those guys plus Katron Allen, uh, they bring in a couple other low four-star wide receivers, Anthony Ivey, Mecky Flowers, I believe, all signed the other day. It's a very, very good class, and one that I think largely falls on Drew Aller's shoulders. He's been a very big recruiter there for them. I think he was a big get. I think Ohio State really messed up. And that Devin Brown, the kid that they ended up bringing in, is my QB2 in the class. So, like, you know, not on that basis, but just this kid. Oh, Drew Aller grew up in their backyard. They were insistent on signing the five-star kid in every single class, ended up alienating Drew Aller, who ends up going to Penn State, ends up recruiting all these other top-level kids there. Like, I think they should have just bit the bullet. They should have done what every other school does. You take a five-star, you wait a year or two, you take a couple mid-four-stars in that time that know they're never going to play there. They leave, blah, blah, blah. Then you bring in your heir apparent. He sits a year. I don't know why they couldn't do that. They refused to. That fueled Penn State's class. Penn State's probably really, really happy. We are. Drew Aller. What? said we are. Yeah, I mean, Drew Aller, he's got all the tools. He's Josh Allen, but just like slightly worse uh, as a runner. Like, I, I think he's slightly more refined as a passer, which is crazy because I think he's only been playing quarterback for two years now, maybe three. Um, very, very new to it, but he's got a just absolute cannon, uh, big kid, big frame. Um, I think he starts at least one game at Penn State this year. Um, Unless Penn State is like magically in the playoff hunt, which I don't think they will be. Um, I don't really think so either. No. If it makes you feel no. better. It's like a year or two out, uh, yeah. I think, with this class. Um, yeah. I mean, the line still has a lot of issues. Defense loses some pieces. Um, beyond that, uh, Nicholas Singleton, I think, can take that running back job by week three. We yeah. talked a lot last offseason about Will Shipley, and we we guessed where can Will Shipley take over that job. I think we guessed week eight on this show, right? That's when we kind of both said, like, about that. by week eight, he takes the job. He took it by week four, and then he got injured, and then came back, and and the job was his again. But, I, like, that's – he's going to do the same exact thing. Noah Kane has n- never separated himself. Um, neither has Kayvon Lee. Um, Devin Ford is not a threat to us as a starter. Because I, because I, Holmes, whatever they lose that kid, they love it. They lose. Um, he was a grad transfer there from Baylor. So I, I think Nicholas Singleton comes in and just takes that job. Katron Allen probably doesn't play it all this year. Um, and then Caden Saunders, I think, is a special teams guy and then can maybe step in. But that's just a monster class for a school like Penn State that hasn't necessarily relied on like a bunch of big skill names all at once. I'm actually very surprised they were able to put this class together. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely pleasantly surprised they were able to put this class together and and keep it together. Um, and like you said, I think Drew Aller had a lot to do with that. I think he had a lot. He did a lot of recruiting for them. Um, but you know, like I mentioned earlier, with Singleton, I think you're right. I think he can step in and, and earn some significant touches right away. Um, 
you know, because Kane and Lee, like you said, they're just meh. And either way, they're just kind of grinders. We didn't have an, an athletic guy in the backfield that could just break off a long run. And, you know, we were handing the ball off 25 times a game sometimes, you know, 30 times a game sometimes because we can't really trust Clifford. So I, I think Singleton has an as an opportunity right away to earn a significant role. As far as Aller starting this year, I mean, I think Clifford coming back actually is probably a good thing for Aller because one, I don't think Aller's quite ready to start day one. And I th- I don't think he would have. I think um, Veyu would have. And with Veyu, I mean, if he showed out decently, Franklin shows a tendency to just stick with guys way too long. So whether Drew Aller was like more talented and deserved the shot, I, I don't know. He probably would have stuck with Veyu. It just worries me about that. So which, you know, say that's kind of an indictment in there and of itself. But I think with Clifford coming back, we know what he is. Clifford's a known commodity there. Aller can sit for a time until he shows that he's ready. And then even if it ends up being all year, he's gone. And then Aller has a fresh start in the spring competing with Veyu, who has one start under his belt, two starts under his belt. So we talked about this last week. Their schedule to open the years like, is tough. Yeah. So you wouldn't have wanted to throw Aller in. I mean, we talked a little, I think we talked on this show like months ago, like, Drew Aller might start from day one, and it wasn't because we thought that was a good idea, right? But if there was no Sean Clifford, like you look at the rest of the, I mean, Roberson was their backup, and he couldn't even take a snap. We joke about that on the show multiple times. I mean, the kid just was like, was would have been overmatched at a D three school. Christian Ballou is can can maybe hang in there a little bit, but I mean that that quarterback room without Sean Clifford was embarrassing. It's yeah for Division one. That their their quarterback room is worse than Pitts. Even if you take out Pickett and Clifford and you compare the rest of those quarterback rooms, I, Pitts was stronger and Pitts is terrible uh, beyond Pickett. So I mean, geez, I, I don't know how James Franklin let that happen. But uh, enough about that. Um, all right, uh, Tennessee calling. Uh, you kind of already talked about Taven Jackson. There's other guys in this class that you're interested in, though. Yeah, yeah, I think Tennessee's class as a whole is uh, is is pretty loaded at the skill position. Um, you know, I talked about Taven Jackson already, so I don't need to go too far into him. You mentioned Justin Williams, uh, but I do think he can step in and earn a role right away. Um, I mean, they have right there, they have Jabari Small, but Justin Williams can kind of be that thumper. Um, and then I like the wide receivers that they're bringing in. I like Caleb Webb. Um, Caleb Webb is definitely my favorite of that group. I was pretty disappointed that he was originally looking well, originally he was going to go to ECU. Um, but then when he opened up his commitment and I saw that Tennessee was one of the schools on there, I immediately loved it. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he's the type of guy who can do well in a, in a hypos offense. They don't really have a lot of other wide receivers there right now. Um, I mean, he just, he had over 1600 yards and 18 touchdowns this year. So, you know, he was very productive, um, and you know, he offers something in the return game as well. He's a big wide receiver, um, at six, two and a half, one eighty-five. So I, I guess I think he could step in right away and, and earn a pretty significant role for him. And then they bring in um a couple other guys. They bring in Cameron Miller's another guy that I like. Um Alabama was looking at him, Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee was able to bring him in. Um, he's another guy who's a little bit bigger, six one, one ninety-five. 
so I, I like those two guys. And then they do bring in uh, Marquarius White, who 5'10", 155. Um, he's a little speedster, though. So a very Just different a little guy. <laughs> Just very, very different guys. And I think all three of those guys can step in and earn a pretty significant role there, probably year two. Um, I think that that's that rounds out a really nice class there. And then they have a couple other guys. Um, Chaz Nimrod. Um, just fun to say that one. Dylan Sampson, you know, they're, they're, so they're, they're bringing in a couple other guys um, at, at the skill position too there, but I really like the the first ones that I mentioned, Jackson, Webb, and Williams. Yeah, it's a pretty well-rounded class, um, and, and they've got numbers as well. How about I hit you with a class that uh, it doesn't have the biggest numbers, but I, I think the top couple of guys in the class can really make a difference. Would you okay. be interested in that, Colin? I, I would be pretty interested in that. You would be. Okay, perfect. Then I'll talk to you about Oklahoma State. Yeah, I said at Oklahoma State, not a school we usually think about as a big recruiting group, um, but I really, really like the class that they're bringing in this year. I guess we can start uh, with quarterback. They they bring in Garrett. I think it's Ranhell. It's R-A-N-G-E-L. I don't think it's Rangel. Or range like I think it's Rand Hell. It's from Texas. That's how I'm going to choose to pronounce it. Um, any kid that puts up over 10,000 passing yards in Texas high school football has my attention. Um, but I think you know he's he's kind of the opposite of what they've recruited recently, where he's not this this big armed guy that doesn't really know how to play football. He's kind of the opposite. I think he really knows how to play football. I think the arm is adequate, maybe at best. Um, but we're just really, really smart football players. Ball placement wise, he does a lot of back shoulder stuff, which I, you never really see high school quarterbacks doing that. Because I think it's just a very difficult skill for them. Um, odd mechanically, like I, he's just going to a weird player, but I think he's just one of those guys that I could see going to Oklahoma State and like being a Connor Shaw esque like cult hero. That's a for name. whatever school he plays at. Yeah, I don't stylistically. There's no. This is not similar. But, right. You know, it was Connor Shaw, uh, South Carolina. There it was it was kind of a folk hero, a folk legend. Uh, to this day, I think Rand Hell kind of is, is that similar player when I watch him running back. They have Ollie Gordon coming in. I was talking to somebody on Twitter actually about this the other day that I think is is loosely connected to him, judging by how much Ollie Gordon stuff he's retweeted over the past <laughs> six months. Um, who was telling me that he he's hearing that he actually thinks that he's going to play more as a freshman than I anticipated. Um, Mike Gundy doesn't necessarily play a lot of freshmen there, uh, but they do lose like all of their running backs. Jalen Warren's gone. Um, uh, another kid, Desmond Jackson, or is that his name? I think so. He's gone as well. It's just Dominic Richardson really that returns. Um, so, so they, they need another guy there. Six, one, two, ten. you know, nice, solid build physical, uh, build up, built nice build up speed can catch the ball. Um, he's got really skinny lower legs. <laughs> Which I hate in a running back, but he's kind of oddly built. But I mean, they it's like this weird ass class. It's just, but I but I like all these guys. Talon Shetron is my wide receiver five. Uh, I don't usually like those big, tall, lanky guys. Six three one eighty five. I've David solving football. At the site has said that he thinks that he's hearing he might be up into the one nineties, and is tested as one of the better runners in the class. There, uh, he's just a very explosive athlete, and I think you know he's that's the Oklahoma State's kind of school. He can go in there day one and just play on the outside and they just say run and he just runs <laughs> and he kind of compliments Braylon Presley or Brandon Presley and, and uh, Jaden Bray and some of the other guys they've got there pretty well. So I, I think their class, you know, the numbers uh, don't, don't necessarily stack up, but they've really built some momentum on the back of this nice season that they just had. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like, I like Gordon. I like Shetron. I like both those guys a lot. I haven't really 
dug in too much to Rand Hell yet because um, he's a little not lower rated, but you know he's he's not very highly rated. He's he's kind of yeah, right he's somewhere in the twenties, yeah. I think. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, have something like down. that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like the first two guys there. So uh, definitely a nice, the makings of a nice class offensively. And yeah. like you said, they have a lot of openings on offense. And in a time in the, where the conference, I think, is in a little in flux. Yes. I think mm-hmm. this is a really big class for them. Um, oh, shoot. Speaking of the conference in flux, Adrian oh. Martinez is going to Kansas State. Let's just say oh. that. We didn't talk about that at all. Yeah. I think that's an amazing spot for him. Yeah. I guess we can talk about that at some later time. I'm not going <laughs> to cut and paste this episode as I'm editing it. But that's a really interesting spot with Deuce Vaughn yes. there for him. I think that I, I that's probably the best possible landing spot for him. Um all right, Colin, how about this? A player that you think is currently underrated by the recruiting services that signed with a team this past week? Um, yeah, so the first guy, well, the guy that I'm going to talk about, you alluded to um, a little bit earlier uh, in making fun of Matt, but it's Quinshawn Judkins. Uh, I think he's I think he's way better uh, than the RB, was he, 43? Yeah, yeah, I think that's The RB right. 43 in the composite. Um, 24 seven is not even really that much higher. They're not higher on him at all. He, they've been RB 52. Um, but I think he's, I think he's talented. He's 5'11, 200, 200 pounds. So he, he already has pretty good size, uh, good offer sheet, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, um, make up the offer sheet there. I think he's a patient runner. I think he waits for blocks to develop, waits for a hole to open up. Um, I think he has good, uh, linear acceleration and very good speed as well. He can get to the outside. Um, you see him pull away on some long runs. Uh, he can make a guy miss or two if he has to. Lateral agility isn't his strongest suit. Um, they they kind of run a weird offense, though, in high school where they line up the QB and the RB right next to each other and just direct snap based on the play call. Um, so it's it's a little odd, but you know he is also using the passing games, mostly just screens and swing passes, but that's a step in the right direction at least. Um, he just showed the ability to lower his shoulder, run through some defenders, um, I, I'd like to see him, you know, do a little bit more than that. But overall, I, this is definitely a kid that I like more than um, more than the the consensus right now. He's probably just outside my top ten. Just outside your top ten. It's a little He's rich. Probably, probably probably about twelve ish. Um, I have to finish up some other some other guys here too. But he'll probably not- end up in the twelve to fifteen range. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say how I feel about him here on this show because I'm having way too much fun behind the scenes messing with Matt about oh, yeah. Quinshawn Judkins. Like I, every now and then I'll be like, Matt, I just went back and rewatched Quinshawn Judkins. Like <laughs> I'll just tell him somebody, oh, I love him. Or like, oh, man, I, I bumped him down. Like I'm just having way too much fun uh, messing with Matt. So I'm not going to uh, to share it all where I have him. It is not top 10 uh, or 12 or whatever. That's rude. Um, so. You're depriving the people just because you're having too much fun making fun of Matt. Correct. It's way more fun. Sorry, guys. Eventually, the truth will come out. But for now, I cannot do it. Um, I'm going to – I have a running back, too. Ashton I – I don't know why I picked all these names that I've – I should have just picked, like, Devin Brown. Um, Ashton Gianti. 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 I don't know. <laughs> J-E-A-N-T-Y. Uh, running back. Uh, going to Boise State. He's RB90 in the composite. I actually haven't looked to see which recruiting service is keeping him down. I would assume it's ESPN because they're stupid. Because um, <laughs> he is RB27 on 24 sports. And I think that's more accurate. I have him a little bit higher than that even. Um, but uh, but 5'9", 195 is what he is currently listed at. Um, 
he's got just over a 11 second 100 meter dash i think that's you know a really good time especially for running back i think he has the frame uh to get a little bigger he's pretty good between the tackles i mean for you know slightly smaller guy at 195 and again i think he can get to 205 210 um he, he's he runs with some nice power nice pad level a little bit smaller of a guy but the thing that i think he's really going to make his money in is is catching the ball he's a really good receiver his high school uses him downfield as a as a receiver all the time he's very good at it body control the hands um, you know, he, he just is the complete package in that regard. I think he can be a four, five ish guy, four, five, four, five, five. Um, because he's got a pretty nice first step there. Um, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. That's like my only real complaint about him. So that might limit him a little bit, but going there to Boise state, George Halani is, is there and he'll still play. I'm not saying he's going to usurp him in year one or anything, but this kind of guy that can go to a school like Boise sit for a year or whatever and then just be a really good running back for multiple years. Like, I think the CFF upside is super high. I think he can be drafted. Um, and and I, I have him. Let me look here real quick. I'll see where he's at. I'll tell you guys exactly where I have him ranked. I have him as my RB15. Um, so so pretty darn high. A tier three grade on him. Uh, another guy that I think I'll probably stash quite a bit during draft season this year. I mean, I I'll be honest. I have not watched him at all yet. I saw you mentioned him on Twitter, so he's definitely a guy that's moving up my watch list, but I don't really have an opinion on him right now because I haven't watched him, so I'm definitely excited to dig in given how much you like him, though. Alfred and I both found him independently within like a two-day span. He messages <laughs> me, and he goes, dude, I found this guy, and I was like, oh, yeah, who? And he's like, it's a Texas running back. Um, and I was like, oh, he's like, Ashton Gianti. I was like, oh, shit, I just watched him, too. Um, <laughs> so we were... <laughs> We were both raving about him. So, uh, yeah, a fun, fun kid. And I think he's going to be uh, a pretty good college football player. And sometimes that's just the only thing that matters. Conversely, Colin, a guy that we think is potentially a little bit overrated, uh, according to this recruiting services uh, that signed this past week. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll take RB1, you take RB2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manuel Henderson is a guy that I think is uh, is overrated. Um, I mean, look, he's a great athlete, you know, I mean, depending on the competition level, I, I don't know how great of a competition level it was at. Uh, I don't just genuinely don't know. I don't really know much about you know, Alabama, Geneva County, um, but he was a great athlete on the field. Always one of the most guy, athletic guys out there, but he's that's all he is right now. Uh, he's not very patient, tries to get up to top speed right away. Um, I'm not going to go too far into this because I've, you know, kind of broke him down before. But I just I don't see him being a five star. I don't think he should be the number one running back in the class. Um, and he's definitely not mine. You know, Geneva County is actually where the Geneva Cup was held. It's a little known fact. Alabama. Oh, wow. That yeah. makes so much yeah. sense there. I feel like. Yeah, it was the wild. natural spot to have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a really bad joke. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At least you admitted it. It's been a long weekend. I just say what I want right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's really funny because I think you know most of us agree this is a really, really good running back class for the the recruiting services to have just completely dropped the ball in the top two. This bad is just really, really shocking to me. And Relique Brown, I, I I'm not gonna like crap on the kid. He's very dynamic. Um, the problem for him is going to be that this dude is just tiny. Like he's 5'8", 185. He's maxed out frame wise. He cannot gain that much more weight. 
uh, and maintain his explosiveness, which is kind of like he's he's basically just a really, really small Reggie Bush. Like, that's what he is. Like, you know, that, that kind of a guy, the guy that wants to reverse field, that, you know, wants to make a guy, a bunch of guys missing space. The problem is that Reggie Bush was like 6'1, 205, and, and this dude is like, could fit in his pocket. <laughs> and I think, you know, again, I just, uh, just you know, to, to mention uh, somebody here, David at Sal- Solving Football on Twitter that works with us, uh, is helping us put out a ton of freshman content here. Um, he he separates out his his third down backs when, when he does his rankings. I probably should start doing that because this this kid is like he's never going to be a bell cow. There's literally zero chance to take him as the as a top five running back when the best possible scenario for him is Deuce Vaughn, who like what what does everybody have to say about Deuce Vaughn? I don't know what he's going to be in the NFL. That's like the overwhelming reaction when you bring his name up and you what you want to talk about this kid like i just i don't see a, a top 100 nfl draft pick which if i'm taking guys second overall I damn well better have a chance to do that i like i i there are people that hype this kid up and i just have no idea what they're doing it's like i don't want to make this more serious than it is but it's pretty irresponsible if you have followers that you know rely on you for the information and you're going to put really brown in that kind of stratosphere yeah i mean I agree. It's, you know, good thing for him going to to USC because they don't really have uh, an established option there. But at the same time, you know, what's like you said, what's the ceiling? Deuce Vaughn, you know, I, I mean, I don't he could have potentially have a role in the NFL as a third down back because he is electric. For uh, what it's worth, I also don't believe he's 185 pounds, but that's completely beside the point. Right. Right. But. Either way, you know he's he has no, he has basically no future as as a lead back, like you said. And you know, if I'm taking anybody even in the first in the first round at all, probably even the first two rounds of a supplemental draft or a freshman draft, I, they have to at least have that type of potential. And I just don't see it with him. It, it's I was having this discussion yesterday with Travis May. I think it's a, a really good discussion to be had, and we'll probably elaborate on this at some other time. Where where he was saying it's foolish to fade Emmanuel Henderson, who's the RB one in the class, and is going to Alabama as a five star. You know that that it's a probably probably some pretty good draft capital potential there, uh, a, a pretty good uh, chance to hit. And and I you know we were talking about like I have Emmanuel Henderson like ranked as like RB twenty eight or something like just I this kid has like no idea how to run a football at all it's actually really incredible, um but but I was saying you know it RB twenty five or whatever like it doesn't matter what my ranking is because as long as it's not RB one through four I'm not ending up with any Emmanuel Henderson anyway so right. like once you fade these kids to a certain level. It's just like so. My really Brown ranking is is irrelevant. It's just because I I am not going to spend a first round pick on any of these guys. So I'm not you know, ipso facto. I'm not going to have either of them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not about like you said. It's not about where we have them ranked. It's about kind of where consensus takes has them ranked and where their ADP ends up. I see both of these guys saying have a high ADP because they're the one and two backs in the class. They're going to Blue Bloods, Alabama, USC. They're going to be working with Nick Saban and, and uh, Lincoln Riley. You know, you're just checking all of those types of boxes, but they're not, those aren't the most important boxes, I think. If you're on the clock and it's kind of that real league Brown territory, you can find a league mate for sure that's willing to trade you something that's going to be way better than real league Brown is. So uh, that's, that was, be, that would be my approach on that. Um, last category, Colin, and then we'll just make our bull picks and then uh, let all the good people go celebrate the holidays with their families. 
the biggest surprise for you uh, on signing day? Uh, biggest surprise for me was a quarter, well, probable quarterback Alex Orgy um, decommitting from Virginia Tech and signing with Michigan. Uh, look, I know Justin Fuente is not at Virginia Tech anymore. They brought in Brent Pry. Brent Pye is a defensive guy. Um, but Braxton Burmeister's in the portal. Uh, you know, I think Alex Orgy, you know, I've seen somebody call him a thick Vic, I believe is uh, is one of the nicknames I've seen floated out there on him because he's 6'2", 226, but he is... Yeah, he's more he's Marcus a, than Michael. Yeah, but not he is with, like, a, the gun in the parking lot of high school. <laughs> not that part of it, which is like the one of the funniest stories ever. But, uh, but I mean, he's, he's an electric athlete. Uh, he had 980 yards rushing as a junior, 1187 yards rushing as a sophomore. So this is a a true dual threat guy, um, you know, in terms of running ability. And I think that would have been fantastic for fantasy. I think he had an opportunity to at least step in and earn a role early in some packages, or you know, probably not take over until the end of the year, beginning of next year. But given that athletic ability. You know, I think that was wheels up for him in year two for fantasy. And now he's going to Michigan where I don't know if he's ever going to play. You know, they have Cade McNamara. He's coming back, I'm I'm assuming. Um, I don't think he would leave. So, but then they have J.J. McCarthy behind him, who was a five-star. And Alex Orgy's a three-star in QB 28 in the class. So I just, that move just does not make sense for me. Um, so that was, that was pretty surprising. Alex Orgy and Caleb Johnson, or Khalib, however you say it, I'm going to call him Caleb for now, um, were basically my two big stash plays probably coming into the year. Just two guys that have enormous upside that were probably going to go late enough in drafts that, that you, you know you could just kind of pick them and let them sit on your bench for a year or two or whatever. Yeah, he's never, ever, ever going to play at Michigan. And again, it's just meant like how bad of a sales job was is the new Pen- uh, the new Virginia Tech coach doing that he scared away all these dudes? Like, because Braxton Burmeister is in the portal, and that was not even relevant enough for us to really talk about earlier. But like, they don't have anybody there at quarterback. Their quarterback room is just awful. Um, so that I mean, he could have potentially contributed as a year one guy there. I don't. The the only it's their speculation he might play linebacker. That's like the only reason that would make sense to me at all. Otherwise, this but is then just why not so stay clueless? If, if he's gonna play linebacker, why not stay and play for Brent Pry? who was the DC for Michael Parsons who's in the NFL right now. He was the DC for, well, they might not have, maybe they didn't see him that way. I don't know. Maybe that that's, you know, this is all speculation. We have the speculation hat on right now. Um, (laughs) As, as we always do, it's always just sitting here on my desk next to me. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed in that too. Here's one. I, so I, this is like a little bit of a cheat as we talked about before the show because I yeah. think if you're paying attention to these things, you kind of th- there were rumors for a couple of weeks that this was going to happen. But uh, again, I'm going to botch this name. I don't know why I chose these names. Um, <laughs> Tetaroa McMillan is how I think I'm going to say it. Uh, was supposed to go I'm to sure Oregon. Somebody will correct you. And then uh, probably. Um, and then the last minute on signing day, he switched. He flipped to Oregon or not Oregon. He was at Oregon. He flipped to Arizona. He's going to Arizona. He's one of the highest rated recruits they've had there in years. Uh, a high, high four star in the composite. Um, I'm not a big McMillan fan. He's a volleyball player that's kind of dabbled in football. You can see that part of the game. Um 
in him. Very jump ball, strong catch point, red zone kind of guy. Now, he does have very quick feet for the position. I think, you know, the tools were there. If he's in the right situation, I could have seen him becoming a really, really good player. Arizona is probably not that spot, but I was like, so everyone in our discord was kind of making fun of Arizona. Like Arizona is not always the sad sack program. Yeah. Like they have run, like they're not Vanderbilt. They're decent at times. And this conference isn't some murderers road that they can't get decent at some point. So like, I, I don't think this is a bad, uh, and that, like an awful spot for him, but I think it's way worse potentially than Oregon could have been. Um, I mean, maybe he just values, playing year one i think he can certainly contribute there as a year one guy uh, but i mean he's like my wide receiver like 25 or something so again another case of my ranking of him is probably irrelevant i'm just not going to end up with a lot of him yeah i mean i think like you said if he values playing right away i think arizona is the place to go for that um because they have virtually nobody at the skill positions um i think staniel barry hill jr is actually even declaring i think that was the name of the of, of one of their offensive weapons this past year um so they have like nobody at the skill position so he's immediately steps on and is probably just the most raw talented player that they have at the skill positions um now who's gonna play quarterback that's gonna be a big question but that's gonna be the big hang up i don't know why jack miller hasn't decided he's going back there yet yeah i don't know that's that confuses me just seems like the perfect marriage right Like, like you said arizona they're not that bad. They're not like a perennial laughing stock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have been lately because Kevin Sumlin ran them into the ground. But, you know, they played well at the end of this year. They they played hard at times. Um, I, I don't think Jed Fish is a bad coach. So, I mean, I think there's worse spots that he could end ended up for sure. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, and I again, I, I don't want to dog. Like, I'm not dogging the kid for choosing a place that's going to be a lot easier for him to play. I wish more kids probably did that instead of, potentially ruining their development going to an OSU and sitting for two years and then realizing they're not good, good enough or whatever. So, you know, uh, kudos to him for doing it. Um, And Oregon does have some, some bigger names there in their wide receiver room. All right, Colin, Um, that's going to do it for our early signing day coverage. Again, guys, if you want to go check out any of our extended thoughts on some other names in this class, go ahead and go over to the YouTube channel. We have a very big freshman project that we are currently working on. Um, that's all I can say about it. It's classified, um, but but we have a lot more freshman content coming, uh, and we're releasing rankings soon. Colin, is that correct? Can I can I say that? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be putting out the the freshman rankings soon, uh, within the week, right? Uh, I believe next week is okay. is when we're looking at right now. Cool. Uh, yeah, got to so put goes. some finishing touches on it. By the new year, there will be a section on the website for our freshman rankings. So, well, there yes, already sir. is, I think, but it's last year's class. Is that? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, the so, freshman rankings are from last year's class. Yeah. So those will be completely updated, guys. Um, so just in time uh, for everybody to to uh, agonize over it and then end up choosing all the wrong guys in their freshman draft anyway. Um, totally never. I totally have never done that, though. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, guys, bowl games. We're just going to, we've been doing our picks. We're doing a little competition here purely just, you know, pick them. No, no spreads or anything like that. If you do want to see what we think uh, of these game lines, though, go ahead, check out the fantasy points bowl guide. Uh, Colin and I are both contributing to that $25, get you the guide and it updates multiple times a week. 
because they don't want to give this too much information out, you know, way ahead of time. It's got player props, uh, betting advice, uh, you know, bull pick them type stuff, confidence picks, uh, Devi players to look out for. It, it runs the gamut. It's a, it's a very comprehensive uh, project. So go ahead. Uh, our C2C's own Kevin Coleman helped out Wes Huber um, uh, and CFF guys as well. Josh uh, is, is also in there. So yeah, um, if, if you want all of that, um, Week one, not so kind to Colin. Um, yeah, nine games that we picked last week, Colin. You literally only had to pick a winner, buddy. Maybe you misunderstood the rules. Maybe you thought we were supposed to pick the team that lost because you went three and six last week. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. If 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 I thought it was picking the team that lost, then I went six and three, and you went three and six. Then the oh, joke's man. on you. So see, eggs on my yeah. face. Now. Not too funny now, is face. it? <laughs> Colin thought it was opposite day. So we're going to redo this. Uh, no, yeah. Colin went three and six. I went six and three. But this week is a whole nother week. How many games do we have this week, Colin? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there's one, nine more. Should we have picked more games since we're not doing a show next week? This is something that maybe we should have discussed. <laughs> we might have, yeah, maybe we should have discussed it beforehand here. It's um, fine. It's fine. We can, we'll present them to each other as something ahead of time just so everybody yeah. knows what we're doing. Uh, if your yeah. bull comp contest started already, you already hit a lock in your picks. So we're not, uh, we're not holding yeah, on you at all here. You know, if you had a lock in your, your picks, hopefully you didn't lock in mine. Yeah. All right, Colin. So famous Idaho potato bowl, Kent state, Wyoming taking place uh, Tuesday, 21st here. Who wins? Dusted crumbs. Last ride. Give me uh, give me Kent state here. Um, I know Mac teams typically don't perform that well outside of the Mac, but I don't really think Wyoming's anything special, anything scary. Um, like I said, Dustin crumbs last ride there. Uh, they are a three and a half point underdog, but uh, yeah, give me uh, give me the golden flashes. Cool name, the golden flashes. Um, so we do have a, a, a an in conference game to compare uh, for for this. So actually, we have two. Wyoming played Northern Illinois and Ball State, and they're out of conference this year. Uh, beat them both. Uh, both are better teams than Kent State. So I'm going to take Wyoming. I, I think they end up winning this one. Um, the Frisco Bowl. So uh, first off, th there's like two Frisco Bowls, which is just really, really weird. We'll yeah, about. I was gonna say, wasn't there one last week? We'll talk about that in a second. No, so this is okay. the Frisco Bowl, and then there's the Frisco Football Classic. So there are two games go, ah. a place that nobody actually wants to go. I don't know. There's just so many questions here. But the Frisco Bowl, which is UTSA versus uh, San Diego State, um, Tuesday again, twelve twenty one. Colin, who wins? Uh, give me San Diego State on this one. Um, UTSA, they had a great year this year. Sincere McCormick not playing in the bowl game. He's declaring for the NFL draft. Um, so that's a huge part of their offense. And San Diego State is a, uh, is a very good defense. I think they're going to be able to shut the rest of uh, the UTSA team down. So, yeah, give me, give me San Diego State. Yeah, I agree. No, um, no Sincere McCormick. I think uh, UTSA is going to be in trouble there. Uh, give me San Diego State. The Armed Forces Bowl, Army and Mizzou, Wednesday, twelve twenty-two. Uh, who wins, Colin? Uh, I'm going to take Army in this one. Um, I know Mizzou has been a lot better against the run defensively the last couple games towards the end of the year here, but they're still not great. And that's what Army does. The Army runs the ball very well. That's Mizzou's weakness on defense. 
And it's the Armed Forces Bowl. Got to pick Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. Can't beat that logic. Um, give me Mizzou. This could be the biggest win margin in all of the bowl games. I think Mizzou just absolutely crushes them. Um, but but we shall see. Uh, again, Frisco Football Classic. This is not the same game, guys. And both games are in Frisco, Texas. Um, you know, lots of other beautiful places around the country. Why we're in Frisco twice, I will never know. North Texas versus Miami of Ohio. Thursday, uh, the 23rd. Colin, who wins? Uh, I am going to take Miami of Ohio in this one. I don't really think North Texas is that good of a team. Um, and Miami of Ohio is riding a lot of, a lot of upperclassmen here in this one. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they'll just pull it out. Give me Miami of Ohio. Uh, I agree. North Texas just isn't a very good football team. Um, I, I, you know, Miami, Ohio is not, not a juggernaut, but I think they win that one. The Gasparilla bowl UCF versus Florida. Um, it's in Tampa. So should have a lot of fans there for those two teams. Uh, Thursday, 12-23, who do you like, Colin? Yeah, I like Florida in this one. Uh, I know they're bringing in Billy Napier, new coach, but you know I think that the Florida team had kind of quit on Dan Mullen, but there's still like talent there. Uh, Emory Jones is reportedly going to play. Not that that really matters that much, I don't so think. So weird. <laughs> I'm leaving, uh, but like not until next week. I'm going to stay here and sleep in your bed and eat your food. And like <laughs> they're like, okay, cool. That sounds great. <laughs> um yeah but I, I just i think that the florida this could billy napier could re-energize the talent on florida's team and i just think they're a better overall team than ucf um i think it's relatively close but yeah i mean ucf ucf with no dylan gabriel is just straight up not a very good team um and, and so i'll take florida as well uh emory jones going out party is gonna have like 800 total yards and seven touchdowns <laughs> watch um the hawaii bowl which I don't know if you guys knew this or not takes place in Hawaii uh, is oh. yeah. You wouldn't have thought that you would have thought it was also in Frisco um, Memphis, <laughs> Memphis versus Hawaii. So Hawaii is a home team here. Uh, that game takes place on Christmas Eve. Who do you like on? Um, I mean, Hawaii as a program is just kind of absolutely collapsing. Um, this guy's leaving left and right um, issues with the coach. Siobhan Cordero is not there. I think this game, could be one of the most lopsided games out there. I mean, I know Siobhan Cadera already said he's going to San Jose State. Are we sure he's just not going to play in this game anyway? Like, we've had so many. Mitchell Tinsley played the other day, and he's already said he's going to Texas Tech. Like, this is just lawless. This is a yeah. lawless, <laughs> lawless time in college football right now. I was freaking love nuts. it. It's the Wild West. It's um, weird. But, yeah, I think Memphis is just a better team overall. I like, you know, Seth Hennigan is back. You know, Memphis with Seth Hennigan is a much better team than Memphis without Seth Hennigan. So, yeah, Memphis. no Calvin, no Calvin Austin, but they, I think everybody else will be there. Uh, give me Memphis as well. Um, the Camellia Bowl, is that how we say this? Uh, Camellia? Camellia? I don't know. I don't know. It's in Montgomery, Alabama, Georgia State, Ball State, Christmas Day. If your family's just really annoying the shit out of you and you have nothing else to do. <laughs> That's basically what this game should be called because that's all the reason you'd want to watch it for. Uh, who do you want? Who do you think here, Colin? Uh, I'm give me Ball State in this one. Um, I think Ball State again. They're a senior laden team. They're kind of kind of try to go out on a high note. 
Ball State underperformed this year from what I thought they were going to be. I mean, I thought Ball State was actually going to have a solid year this year. I thought they were going to have a good year this year. I thought they could potentially win the MAC, but um, yeah, I put a little money on them to do just that. Yeah. So, but I so I still think they're a good team, and I'm not super impressed by Georgia State. Is that where Clay Helton is now, or is he at Georgia Southern? I get those two mixed up all the time. Your guess is as good as mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I really don't <laughs> know. Um, Colin, so you sold me. I'm going to take Ball State as well. Ooh. It was a good sell, sales job there. Uh, yes. A lot of uh, final it. rides for, for a lot of guys there at Ball State that have been there for a really long time. Watch. Um, uh, that, that, might, that might not have been a good idea based on our track record from last week. Yeah, well, I've already got enough differential picks with you this week to, uh, uh, to make me feel okay about that. Uh, the quick lane bull uh, takes place on Monday, uh, the 27th. Western Michigan and Nevada. Nevada, like, I don't even know if they have a real team anymore. And they might just have open tryouts this week and send out a bunch of, you know, students, like regular students. Um, who do you like here, Colin? Yeah, Western Michigan, pretty easily, I think. Um, you know, if, uh, if Hawaii Memphis isn't the biggest blowout, I think it could be this one. Like it's you said, who's left? Too. So it's like who's, a home game. Yeah, who's left with, on Nevada's team? Everybody's in the portal. Their coach is gone. This team is in shambles. Um, give me Western Michigan. With this, this game is going to be a really great um, example of why I'm not a fan of, of the entire team being able to transfer with a college coach, or at least them being allowed to do this. Like the coaches being allowed to change jobs so early in the cycle that makes these games. Like this is just stupid. Like you're gonna have a bunch of walk-ons out there, and I, I cannot imagine this game is very well attended. I really just can't. I will take Western Michigan as well, and I don't even really think Western Michigan is a very good team. But it's just, yeah, Nevada is gonna just gonna get ran. Yeah, um, I, uh, I just I just bet on that one right now. Western what's, Michigan. What's minus, the line? Western Michigan minus six. Oh, that feels low. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now watch all of Western Michigan won't show up either. Um, Last one here, Colin, or should we we can just do these live? I'll mark them down as we're doing. All right, let's do it. I like it. We're going completely off the cuff here. You never know what's going to happen when we do that. Um, The Military Bowl, Monday, December 27th, um, Boston College, ECU. uh, Thoughts, Colin? Yeah, I mean, Boston College with Phil Jerkovich back is a much different team. I think Boston College is good. Um, Jerkovich is back. You know, he was back at the end of the year. He was a little banged up, a little rough. Um, but uh, he's got plenty of time to rest up now. Yeah, give me give me Boston College here fairly comfortably. Yeah, I think so too. And it's only a three-point line, I think. Yeah, Boston yeah. College is a three-point favorite, and that's just very odd to me. Like, maybe I just don't know something, but I, I, I can't see. ECU is not a very good team. No. So I, I'm, I'm a little confused by that one. Um, so yeah, I'll take BC as well. Uh, the Birmingham bowl on a Tuesday, the 28th, Colin, um, Houston, Auburn, I think is an interesting one. Auburn doesn't have their quarterback, which I think matters pretty greatly. Houston's a, a three point dog here. Is that, should that be right? Um, I mean, it is sec against AC, AAC here. So I think that's probably where some of this is coming in, but yeah, I think, Auburn not having Bo Nix is actually a pretty big loss. I mean, um, who they have? TJ Finley. 
Is that, I, that I would assume that's who filled yeah. in when he was out. So yeah, yeah, he was not particularly impressive then. But Houston's a good team. Um, I I think I'm going to take Houston in this one. I am too. I, I like Houston there uh, for some odd reason. Um, all right, Colin, the first responder bowl. Uh, Tuesday, December 28th again in Dallas, Air Force, and Louisville. Um, one and a half point spread. I mean, it's, it's, this is a pretty close one. Who do you like? Um, I think I like Louisville here in this one. I know Air Force has a good defense. Uh, they have a pretty good run defense here too, but have they seen a player like Malik Cunningham? I, I don't think so. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think so. He's just different. Yeah, I think he's a different. I think he's a, he's a, uh, player that can really change the game in this one so give me louisville yeah that's a really really tough one my kind of i guess my head is telling me to take air force i think i think they're overall maybe a better team but i'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna mirror you i'm gonna go louisville on this one just have a feeling it's molly cunningham kind of just running all over the place again um the liberty bowl colin um again on the 28th there on that tuesday mississippi state and texas tech uh, any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, give me give me Mississippi State in this one. Um, I'm assuming Kitley is going to coach for Texas Tech. Or... Well, apparently he just coached for Western Kentucky, which again <laughs> was not supposed to happen because he already accepted a damn job somewhere. Like that's even like yeah, I'm that's... just hanging out at work to finish some spreadsheets before I. I this is weird. Yeah, well, that's um, I missed that game because I thought he was going to be gone. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Western Kentucky ended up blowing the doors off them. But, yeah, I, I, either way, I think Mississippi State is uh, a very good offense. So, and I just think they're a better overall team than, than Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm going to take Mississippi State as well. Um, for basically those exact same reasons. Um, the Holiday Bowl, UCLA and NC State, again, the 28th there. Um, that's an interesting one. Kind of two very different teams. Who do you like here, Colin? Yeah, this is this is definitely an interesting one here. Give me give me North Carolina State. I think I think they're a good team. Um, they had a they had a nice year this year, and, and not that UCLA didn't, but I just think top to bottom, NC State has a really solid roster. Um, they uh, is it Dave Doran? Is that the name of the coach there? Dick Dor- Doran or something like that. Um, I think he's a really good coach. I think he has NC State playing really well. Um, he's had them playing well last year. He isn't playing well again this year. They have a solid recruiting class. Um, I just, I like, I trust him as a coach. Um, give me, give me NC State. Um, give me UCLA. I think they, they can establish the run. Uh, in this game, uh, give give some of those guys a nice sending off there. I think it'll be a close game though, and and relatively low scoring. That's going to be my prediction there. Yeah, I could see it being low scoring. Um, the guaranteed rate bowl, which in my opinion wins the award for the stupidest name of a bowl game this year. Um, stupid, stupid. Whoever let that happen? <laughs> Didn't you? Uh, <clears throat> what was the, the one last and, week? Quick uh, the quick, uh, the yeah, something, or something yeah, like a landing that? tree. Lending tree. Lending tree lending well, this tree is bowl. this is like twelve times stupider than that. Yeah. Um. Because the gear is guaranteed rate a company. Is that a slogan for a company? Like, it's a good question. What What is it a rate for? Insurance. See, they got you talking. More a mortgage. They, already, they got you talking. It's already working. I, I'm not going to go look it up though. 
What you um, and about? they couldn't have chosen two more boring teams to play in this game. Uh, WVU and Minnesota. Um, <laughs> what do you think here? <laughs> Man, I don't have a, I don't have a great feeling on this one either way. <sighs> Give me Minnesota. I think that they're probably just a little bit better of a team, but I don't have a lot of analysis behind that one. I don't, don't love either of these teams. No, I really don't either. Um, this is a really weird one. Um, I'll take Minnesota as well. They're just so hot and cold. Like, would it shock me if if they just get blown the heck out this game? No. Would it shock me if they blow West Virginia out of out of the water? No. Um, but yeah, I'll take Minnesota. The Fenway Bowl, SMU and Virginia, Wednesday the 29th. Um, who do you like? Um, give me SMU in this one. Both of these teams lost their coaches. Um, Sonny Dykes at TCU. Um, Bronco Mendenhall just got fired, or did he go somewhere else? Uh, he like retired or something. Didn't he retired. He? Okay, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But they have Tony Elliott there. Um, I don't think that highly of Tony Elliott. Uh, I do actually do like Rhett Lashley, and I like a lot of the pieces that SMU has on offense there now. I haven't seen if Reggie Roberson and Danny Gray are going to play in this one. That would I haven't heard anything. Yeah, that would definitely swing it for me. If they're not playing, I'd probably lean Virginia. But if even one of them is playing, uh, and if they're both playing, I give me SMU. Interesting. I kind of feel the opposite. I think they're just not going to be able to stop Brendan Armstrong. And um, yeah, that other guy. <laughs> Dontavian Wicks. That's the one. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just don't think they're gonna be able to stop that at all. Um, so I don't me... think either team is gonna be able to stop anybody that well. Uh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. The over um, under is set at seventy one. Yeah, I think I could even potentially uh, just take the over there and be happy with it. Um, pinstripe bull column, Maryland, Virginia Tech on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about either of these. This is like the irrelevant bull, I think, if I could name it. Um, who do you like? Give me Maryland. I mean, Virginia Tech has lost a lot of people. I don't even know who's going to be starting for them at quarterback. Burmeister's in the portal. Um, Maryland at least has everybody intact there. Um, so yeah, give me Maryland. Yeah, Maryland's one of those teams that's pretty hot and cold too, but if they get hot, that's a pretty fair take. Um, Damn, I don't want to choose either of these teams. Um, <laughs> you chose you chose Maryland, right? Yeah, I'll take Virginia Tech just um, just to to be the opposite because um, why not? All right, the next one here, Colin. Feasible Wednesday again, Clemson, Iowa State. Um, yeah, uh, Iowa State's going to be without Brees Hall. Does that swing it either way for you? Uh, man, you want to talk about games that you didn't want to pick? This is a game I don't really want to pick, to be honest. Um, give me Clemson. I just think still overall they are probably the better team, especially offensively without Brees Hall there. Uh, maybe Tony Elliott will be an addition by subtraction. Or, yeah, getting rid of Tony Elliott's an addition by subtraction. I don't know. Uh, but I... I don't have a super strong take on this either way, but give me Clemson. I'm going to take Clemson. Yeah, I think they're just a better team. I think they'll struggle. I always say they'll struggle to move the ball. Interested to see what they do at running back there without Brees Hall there. That situation, you know, can give us some insight into 
uh, what we can expect next offseason. Um, the Alamo Bowl, Colin, Oregon and Oklahoma, two teams that uh, new coaching staffs, new, you know, just a lot of changes on their rosters. Who do you like there? Uh, give me Oklahoma. I mean, I think that Oregon has shown that they're very susceptible. Um, Utah kind of laid out a game plan twice for how to beat them. And I know they're not going to have Lincoln Riley there, but Oklahoma still has a lot of talent on offense. Um, Jeff Levy, is he coaching for them? I, I don't know. Well, I know that um, Stoops is, is coaching the game. I don't know like what the support yeah. staff is. I would assume Levy's probably not coaching, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. Well, maybe they'll, maybe they'll win one for the Gipper. One one for Bob Stoops. Give me Oklahoma. Yeah, I think I'll take Oklahoma as well. Actually, I just, I mean, well, yeah, I, I don't. Oregon, there's not a very good football team. They got worse as the year went on. That's generally um, not a great sign there. All right, Colin, my favorite bowl game of the year: Duke, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, UNC South Carolina, Duke's Mayo does not sponsor the show, but they are the best Mayo out there. Dave, you are going to buy Mayo. Make it Dukes for all of your mayonnaise needs. <laughs> I'm serious. I really like Dukes Mayo. And I'm a big, I'm a big Mayo guy. Just put um, a, just put an ad read in the middle of our show. For somebody who's not even paid, a sponsor, I'm not even getting paid for. Yes, um, that's how much I believe in their product. Um, if you're listening to this Dukes Mayo Bowl, you could pay me any amount of money, and I would advertise your mayonnaise. They just, um, just did it for free. Yeah, Why do they even have to pay you. Because it's the right thing to do. They're good people there, Colin. Again, you oh, can yeah. just taste taste how good of people they are in the mayo. It's made do with love. Do they make the, the Duke's Baked Beans, too? Is that the same company? I have never even heard of that. I have no idea. Isn't the, Oh, no, it's Bush's Baked Beans, and the dog's name is Duke in the commercial. Got Why it. do you never know mind. that? Why do you know, know that? <laughs> I don't know. I remember random things. The anyway. dog's name is Duke. <laughs> In the bush, okay. That's you know, I didn't learn anything today, and I was in danger of going to bed and having learned nothing. Um, so thank you, Colin. I, I can now say I can now lay my head down, uh, and, and sleep soundly. Uh, yeah, but it's UNC South Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on Thursday the 30th. Uh, I don't know. What do you, who do you like here? Um, I haven't seen if Sam Howell's playing in this one yet either. I'm gonna assume no, I'm gonna assume he doesn't, and I'm gonna assume he goes. Uh, he isn't declared either. So I'm going to assume no, and I'm going to assume he declares. So then give me South Carolina. If he does play, that would definitely swing it for me. I would probably take UNC. So this one's pretty much a coin flip for me. But under the assumption he doesn't play, give me South Carolina. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's, South Carolina kind of hot down the stretch. Uh, North Carolina decidedly not so. I'm really interested to see what they do at quarterback for this game, assuming, again, that, that Sam Howell does not play. I'm going to take UNC. I'm going to take UNC. I think they just have you know more talent on that roster overall. Um, and obviously, you know, well, maybe Spencer Rattler's playing. We're just letting everybody do whatever they want. <laughs> so why the heck not? Um, let, let Spencer go out there and then get the celebratory mayo bath at the end of the game uh, when they win. Um, the Music City Bowl, Tennessee, Purdue. Uh, any thoughts there, Colin? Um, yeah, give me, um, give me Purdue or Tennessee. I'm sorry. 
Give me Tennessee in this one because David Bell's out. He opted out. I know that one. I remember that one. I handed Hooker's back, so that offense is still going to be able to put up points. Um, yeah, I'll take Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll probably take Tennessee as well. Um, you know, no David Bell. That, that hurts Purdue. I think this game will actually be pretty close, though. Um, so, yeah. Actually, no, no, Colin, scratch it. I'm taking oh. Purdue. I'm going to go the opposite of you. Okay, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell's in the portal too, isn't he? No, he's or Jack back. Plummer. Everyone Jack. thinks this. I don't know why. Jack Plummer's yes, the one who left. Plummer is in the portal. Aiden O'Connell has announced he's coming back next year. Ah, okay. Um, so that that is the difference there. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl. Why are there so many damn bowl games next week? <laughs> um, holy crap! Wisconsin, Arizona State. You have any thoughts about this one, Colin? Um, man, Arizona State kind of stumbled down the stretch here too wisconsin got hotter um i think this is probably gonna be a lower scoring game but give me wisconsin um they uh they kind of seem to put it together here down the stretch at the right time yeah i think they win this game as well um i don't know if rashad white's playing would probably make a little bit of a difference there for area shield yeah because trainum is in the portal yes so i yeah i think um Although he could play if, even if he's in the portal, probably, right? Yeah, fuck it. Man. The rules don't matter. I just, <laughs> whatever. They got any guys in the NFL that are doing nothing next weekend? Like, just bring them back in place. Just bananas. Um, the Gator Bowl on New Year's Eve there, Colin. Wake Forest, Texas A&M. Uh, how do you feel about this one? Uh, give me A&M here. Um, I think even, fairly. Even with Calzada in the portal? I, yeah, I mean, I think... Huh? I think they can play even if they're in the portal, maybe. Um, <laughs> I love that we're just like, I don't even know. Who's I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, yeah, because Wake Forest gets run all over. Yeah, Their run defense is terrible. Um, I think, though, that's one thing Texas A&M will actually be able to do. And I think Texas A&M is a really good defense. I think they'll be able to maybe stop uh, Wake Forest. They'll get a lot of pressure on them with um, uh, DeMarvin Leal. Um, so yeah, give me Texas A&M here. Yeah. So the thing that, that really can just totally sink whatever Wake Forest wants to do because they run those really long delayed hands off on those mesh plays is if you can get any semblance of pressure at all, like they're going to be in the backfield while they're still trying to get the ball to the running back. Yeah. I, I actually think A&M kind of just blows them out. That, that, that is just the expectation I have there. Uh, the Sun Bowl, Washington State and Miami also on New Year's Eve. Uh, who do you like there, Colin? We're still only on Friday. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one either way here. Uh, give me Miami. I think Miami's offense is, is really good. Uh, even with uh, Rhett Lashley probably not coaching there and Chris the ball coming in, I think Tyler Van Dyke can keep that ship going. Um, they have a lot of nice pieces there on offense too with, with Knighton. Um, Charleston Rambo probably not playing, I would guess, since he declared, but hard to say. Um, but either way, they have Keyshawn Smith. They have some other guys there. Uh, give me Miami. Uh, yeah, I'll also take Miami. Sure, why not? Um, this has gone on long enough. Um, Arizona Bowl, Central Michigan, Boise State. This is an interesting one because I don't really think those are two teams that I would necessarily classify near each other in terms of skill. I'm assuming Khalil Shakir is not playing. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts here, Colin? Um, yeah, I'll take Boise even if Khalil Shakir doesn't play. Uh, I like the rest of the pieces on that offense too. Steph, um, Stephen Cobbs, 
George Alani, Hank Bachmeyer's fine. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Boise. Yeah, I will too. Um, I'll watch Central Michigan going out there and just absolutely mop the floor with them. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, the Outback Bowl, Penn State, Arkansas, New Year's Day. Get up and watch this game uh, at noon. So just as soon as the hangover starts to wear off, Colin, this is even worth me asking. Yeah, I'm con- contractually obligated to pick Penn State here. Um, so I'm going to take Penn State. But, you know, Sean Clifford getting healthy, I think, is going to be important here, too. Um, I think Penn State is probably going to have some trouble with KJ Jefferson, though. Playing? Because Penn State's strength is their secondary. Is he going to play, though? Like, I don't even know. That's a good question. Um, I'll take. Oh, God. I'm going to take Arkansas. I'm going to take Arkansas. Um, you are contractually obligated to not take Penn State. Correct. I, I already, uh, you know, tooted their horn a little too much earlier this show. I have to go take a bath after this. Uh, it's pretty late on Eastern Standard Time. So, um, Citrus Bowl, Iowa, Kentucky, also a New Year's Day game. What do you think, Colin? Man, this is a, this is a tough one here. I, give me Iowa. I think Iowa's defense is really good. I don't still don't necessarily love uh, Will Levis. Is Wandale playing? I don't know. He hasn't declared yet, has he? Uh, I don't think he has declared, actually, no. So Not that then, I've seen. Yeah, so then maybe he does play. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. Give me Kentucky. <laughs> I'm taking Kentucky as well. I was really hoping you weren't going to. Um, that is the last one. For those two weeks, Finally. so yes, I know. It's like holy crap. Um, so we'll come back and call, and we'll have maybe have doubled his his total. We it don't would be know hard to not. It would be hard to not. It would be difficult, but I think I have faith in you um, that you can somehow swing that one. Um, that's gonna do it for the show here tonight, guys. Uh, again, if you're not checking out all of the stuff we have at campusdecanton.com, go ahead and do that. We have. So much in store, guys. We are constantly having meetings in the background of, of different things we're completely overhauling, of new things we're doing, of new people we might be bringing on. I mean, it's just it's so much, so much. So go check that out. $2.99 a month, $29.99 a year. Um, the podcast, guys, all of the pods on the family of podcasts. I, I don't know what all their holiday schedules are going to be. I apologize. I should know that information. But Debbie Debate, uh, Fantasy Football Roundtable, Why Wait Till Sunday, and of course, uh, the C2C podcast. And again, we are taking off an entire week. So you will not catch us on Canton Bound this week. You will not catch us on Campus Life next week. We'll be around to help you usher in the new year uh, next week. Good luck in all your playoff matchups this week, guys. I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm whooping Colin's ass in our home league right now. So that has been fun. You thought I wouldn't even say anything about it, but I mean, I will. There was no reason I really even should have been in the playoffs. I started one quarterback all year, like the entire year in Superflex. Good times. So, you know, I, I I overachieved. So congrats. Yeah, and it's I'm lucky I played you. Well, I think everybody had a really bad week this week against me. We're yeah, not going to have a this bad, discussion on it. A lot of bad weeks. Yeah, uh, Russell Gage for the win. Um, all right, guys. Enjoy your holiday, whatever holiday you celebrate from all of us here at Campus to Canton and especially from Colin and I. Um, enjoy your holiday. If we don't catch you before the new year again, enjoy your new year. Um, and, and we look forward to another wonderful year with all of you guys.
Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Take it easy, guys. We will see you uh, next week. Happy holidays.